funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv riffing, calling some sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest people I know. Hello, world. Welcome to the funniest people I know. I'm George Kaloris, and here with me today are my fabulous and funny co-hosts, Alexandria Sweat. Hello. Oh, I love an alliteration. And Abigail Williams. How's it going, everybody? I'm having a good day. How is your day going? I was talking to America, but I am glad to know. I speak for America. Oh, okay. I do feel like that's true. Yeah. How are you doing? I've always felt like I'm the voice of my generation. I'm sure that you deal that way. <laughs> and we are collectively doing great. Thank you for that. That's asking. great. Alexandria, how about you and your voice and whoever you speak for? <laughs> As the voice of my generation, I feel like we had an interesting day. Mercury, the retrograde is ending. I only know about Mercury being in retrograde from a sketch I was in that Sarah McKee wrote. I had absolutely <laughs> no idea what she was talking about, but it's one of my favorite acting experiences. That's how you have to walk out of Mercury retrograde. You have to laugh to keep from crying because it's that season in your life when you feel like everything is happening. Car problems have been my struggle for the last month. I just want Mercury to take her little filthy hands off of my car (laughs) and we can move on. Mercury's got a lot of nerve reaching across the whole solar system to grab onto your car. No doubt. So many other places Mercury could go. So many. Go bother the sun or something. Leave my Kia alone. Maybe this is karma for hitting that person. (laughs) (laughs) I'm never going to stop bringing up the fact that you hit a person with your car. (laughs) That was said in confession, Abigail. But it was in a public place. It's out. Fair enough. I tried to make sure she got safely to a bus stop. In my eyes, you are completely forgiven, but not forgotten. (laughs) Oh, my God. Before we admit to any other crimes, let's start the episode with a round of what's making you laugh. We're going to each pitch in an idea and then dive into the one that we want to talk about. Alexandria, what's making you laugh this week? What's making me laugh this week is the Internet and their reaction to Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker's engagement. (laughs) Well, I'm going to keep it in the family because I'm laughing about yay. Oh, oh. <laughs> what about you, Abigail? What are you laughing about? I'm laughing at a journey into deep time. Oh. Yay is stupid. Oh, I'm with you. And because of that, I'm going to vote for Abigail. I want to hear about this journey into time. Yeah, me too. You know, I love some time travel. This is a bit dated, but I just discovered this today, that back in March 2021, some volunteers sealed themselves inside a cave for 40 days in what they called a deep time experiment. Some researchers hoped that these volunteers, people like me and you, who said they will stay in a cave for 40 days, could give them some more understanding on human beings' perception of time. So the reason they're going down into this deep, deep cave is because there's obviously no light there. There's really no weather changes. They found these places where the degrees in there are 54 degrees Fahrenheit, 90% humidity, dress how you want to dress. We'll see you in 40 days. Seal these people in this cave not to emerge 
for 40 days for science. I'm laughing at this because what nut job is going to agree to go into a cave for 40 days? I'm terrified at the idea of going into a cave for 40 minutes. Going <laughs> under there with these guys and girls you don't know, spending the night down there, it really took me out. What are you running from? They Even sound like a great battering of guys and girls. Right. And I'm wondering what the romance was like down there. 40 days in the dark. Are people pairing off? What's happening? They just I every mean, night are playing a game of who's in my mouth. I'm wondering. I just, what's <laughs> happening down here? We still don't know. No thing's been released yet. I'm just laughing at the idea of my greatest fear being somebody's adventure ride. Go down here for <laughs> like, Sounds terrible. I just can't understand it. Some of the people in the mm-hmm. French media deemed the guy who's running this thing a, and I quote, overly ambitious amateur with no scientific background. This is just some Joe Schmo who's like, I wonder what we're like without our circadian rhythm. Yeah, and then the 11 dumbasses signed up. Throw themselves in there. Yeah, and he's like, let's just get them in there. I'm just thinking, what's happening? What's going on? With you, Abigail, my nightmare would be to be in any space. It could be a freaking resort (laughs) with strangers for four days, let alone four. four days. Yeah, that's quite a lot. Four. What snacks do we have? What's the water situation? Am I drinking cave water? Because it does not taste the same. Isn't that how long Noah was on the ark for 40 days and 40 nights? That's right. Is this ark-like experience? I, like, oh, I'm just... that's biblical. No, no, I didn't get biblical vibes off of this. <laughs> At least this they didn't is... have two of every animal with them. That would have been horrible. Who's bringing the tigers? Yikes. Who's bringing the poop scoop? Ew. Right. It's a nightmare. Get an elephant down there. How are you going to get him back? Yeah. Let me tell you this. They say that the ages ranged from 27 to 50, and their professions ran from unemployed, then into biologists, to jewelers, to primary school teachers. They wanted biologists and curious teachers because, after all, that's, quote, likely making for a capable team. I don't think I understand anything about this. Yeah, I want yeah. to know the results. They haven't released the results yet. Not so, that I've seen, guys. Is it a reality show on Netflix? Yeah, this is definitely going to be a show. Is it the next Squid Game? For sure. Only one For person sure. comes out? If Only so, I'm putting my money there. on the unemployed guy. I am, too. He's like, you guys are crazy. I've been sitting around watching scenarios all my you life. fools with your jobs. <laughs> I got this. That's my story. Thanks for hanging with me on it. Before we go to our next segment, I had a random question I wanted to ask you. Today I was at the gas station and I realized I was a little hungry. You know, I could go for a little nosh. I'd skip lunch. So I decided is, to go. Wait, wait, what is nosh? Some people call a snack. I never knew that. I literally just learned something new. Sorry, please continue. I decided to go inside, see if there was anything to eat. And I'm contemplating my choices and I really took a notice of the wrap snacks display. Are you guys familiar with wrap snacks? Yes, yes I am. <laughs> right? I them. I'm nervous, but I see them everywhere. They, I don't get it at all. <laughs> it sold me. I got me some Cardi B chips. Got some <laughs> cheddar barbecue Cardi B. I was like, well, if they're good enough for her. Were they tasty? Yeah, they were good. They were chips. Everyone says they're good, but you can mess up chips. I am not buying it. I bet they're disgusting. For listeners who might not be familiar, wrap snacks are basically chips and popcorn with wrappers' faces on them. 
You can get the Cardi B chips, the cheddar barbecue I got. She also has a red hot cheddar and honey butter popcorn, which sounds like it might be nice. Mm, um, honey butter popcorn does sound delicious. The Migos have a flavor called sour cream and a dab of ranch. That sounds up my alley. Lil Baby has honey heat chips and B.I.G. has cookout barbecue. And then if you want to get into noodles, there's some Master P noodles. His face is on some ramen. I've heard about the <laughs> ramen. It's weird. And I don't know how they got these flavors and how they connected the wrappers. And I imagine the wrappers gave them flavors they liked and they created them. Or at least that's what I'd hope. And so mm-hmm. as I'm sitting there at the checkout counter, staring at my bag of Cardi B wrap snacks, I wondered, we're going to start selling some funny people merch. And so like funny people snacks, what would your face be on? What kind of snack? Oh, Um, man. I'm definitely a candy. I feel Mm -hmm. that for sure is true of you. I was thinking instead of Reese's Cups, it would be Lexi's Cups. I don't know. I love that. Yes. I don't know if it has quite the same connotation. I feel like the way my mind works, Lexi's Cups could be anything. (laughs) It is a delicious. Maybe a hazelnut, a Nutella, instead of chocolate and peanut butter cup, it's like Nutella and peanut butter cup. Oh, wow. That sounds amazing. I want that right now. I kind of do, too. Okay. What type of snack are you, Abigail? I'm a pork rind. (laughs) (laughs) If my face is going to be slapped on some bag, I guess it's going to be pork rind. And my flavoring is going to be brisket and lime. Wow, I <laughs> not expecting that. <laughs> no, but pork rinds, for real, pork rinds with a little bit of Frank's red hot sauce. I think I'd either be flavored brisket and lime, which is a bit of a conundrum with the whole pork aspect, or queso and Dr. Pepper, which is kind of my version of kettle corn. Queso <laughs> and Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I'm a sweet and salty fan. <laughs> But not it being, this is your version of kettle corn. Oh, my goodness. We oh, my gosh. We have to make these funny people snacks happen. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, man. How about you, George? While I prefer candy, like a chocolate snack specifically, I was thinking that there's a flavor of chip that is missing from our world. And I want it to exist, and I'd be happy to put my face on it. And it is... <laughs> tzatziki flavored potato chips Ooh, i completely agree with you and you may be on the cusp of becoming a millionaire millionaire jeff bezos i may not be asking him for <laughs> money anymore i may be coming to you i'll go for five hundred thousand. okay but are you I so generous that you are gonna really make some money with this because that is a delicious sauce that i would love to see on oh, chip first of all there's nothing quite like a ruffle potato chip dipped in some cool tzatziki. That is one of my favorite mm. snacks ever. I've been missing out. What an idiot I am. Right. I mean, yeah. that's a really obvious necessary dip. Oh, my God. It needs to be. Put us on to a new snack. A little oh. crinkle chip with my life of cucumber changed. and dill, some garlic yes. and lemon. It would be so freaking uh. good. If anybody wants to make some funny people snacks, we've got some great ideas for you, including... <laughs> Was it Dr. Pepper and, <laughs> and queso? Queso. <laughs> Country kettle corn. I don't think I've ever actually eaten a pork rind. <laughs> <laughs> we have 
not been paid for this kettle chip endorsement, but I just so everybody knows. But we would we'd be happy to be paid. I'd be happy to take their money. If you are a liaison for them, hit us up. Trademark, trademark, trademark. This is our stuff. Yeah, yeah. We own it. We own it. We own it. Copyright, copyright, whatever, whatever. <laughs> I'm sure that's how it works, right? We can just take this podcast. If I say it enough times, you like own your it. honor. I said copyright for like 12 times. times. It's like a common law contract. We a just common create. law trademark. Yeah, it's like even though we have no real time on this because we've said it enough times, it should count. That's my feel for it. <laughs> All right. We also do not offer legal services on this podcast or advice (laughs) this month we've been adding in a couple of halloween-ish spooky-ish elements to our episodes in honor of spooky season. Well, today I'm bringing us a game that is not necessarily spooky, but is definitely in line with the Halloween vibe. Are either of you guys Harry Potter fans? Tell the truth. You don't have to say yes. Okay, no. (laughs) Okay, good. Okay, great. This is going to be more fun. George? Yeah, I'd say so. Book or movie? The books are better than the movies. Great. But I've done good. the whole experience. I've even been to the amusement park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the amusement park is based on the movies, which are nothing like the books. Today, I want to take a quiz to see which house you guys would be in if you were at Hogwarts. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and we're going to find out where you guys would land. I need to know who I'm hosting with. I feel like and this, this is, is a the trap. perfect opportunity. It's not a trap. It could okay. be a trap. We'll find out. Alex, do you know the houses? I have heard about the houses, and I hear that it's almost as accurate as astrology. I've been wanting to know my house, so I'm ready for this. For the listeners, if you don't know, we have Gryffindor, which is what Harry Potter, the hero, is in. We have Ravenclaw, which is where people who are wise, smarties, whatever. Hufflepuff is for the loyal friends, but they don't go in the brave category. It's kind of like everybody else. Oh, you're in Hufflepuff. (laughs) Cool. And then Slytherin is where all the bad guys go. All right, guys, question number one. You've made it to Hogwarts, which means you've already bought a wand from Ollivander's. What material is at its core? Phoenix feather, dragon heartstring, unicorn hair. Quick. Dragon heartstring. Okay, Alex? A unicorn hair. During the end of your exams, you notice that one of your classmates was using an enchanted quill. You come top of the class anyway, but they're second. What do you do? Tell the professor immediately because cheating is wrong. Nothing. But if you hadn't come top of the class, you definitely have told the professor. Do you encourage the other student to admit that they did the wrong thing? Or do you give them a high five for sneaking that quill into the exam? I'm going with the second one. Told the professor if they beat you. Yes. Okay, Alex. Which one is closer to being, "Mm, you shouldn't have did that, but whatever, girl. I don't care. (laughs) Maybe that's the encourage the other student to admit that what they did was wrong. Sure. Next. You're locked in a duel with a skilled opponent. They fire an unknown spell at you, and you shout, Expelliarmus! That's Harry's deal. Protego, which is like a shield car. Stupefy, which is, you're frozen. And Crucio, which is literally agonizing torture. It's like, it's really wrong. What kind of spell are they sending at you? You don't know. You're just deflecting. Well, I'm not trying to get expelled. So I would stupefy. Okay, stupefy for George. Are you disarming them? Are you sending it right back to them? Are you freezing them? Or are you literally torturing them? 
with agonizing pain. I would send the spell back at them. Okay, mm, that's a good one. Get them with their own. That's what I deal. wish I voted. You've just received a howler from your parents, which means a letter that's going to explode and scream at you in front of all of your friends. <laughs> what did they send it for? Did you sneak into the forbidden forest at night on a dare? Did you get caught cheating? Did you get put in detention after you were caught in the library after hours or nothing? You'd never do anything wrong to warrant a howler. Certainly not in the woods or in the library. And <laughs> I've done my share. Of <laughs> so I guess it's cheating. Although how my mom knows, I'll never find out. You got caught. I would oh, never. Oh, yeah. You would never get caught. I think mines would be staying after hours in the library, but it would be anywhere. I would just break her a few in That's general. That's just your deal. Next question. Which of these most accurately describes your relationship with your closest friends? You love surrounding yourself with people. The more people, the better. No. You have a very... Yeah, that's no George. I have a very few close friends that I would trust with my life. You tend to be wary around new people, so you don't like to make new friends. You find yourself becoming friends with people who can help you succeed. D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. We just attract good people. Yeah, that's just very successful people. And I certainly don't care for strangers. Well, I don't care for strangers either. I'm definitely the person who really resists meeting new people at And I don't trust times. anyone with my life. That's I feel like that's true. What about Chris? Do you trust your husband with your life? Not if he is in any kind of peril. <gasps> Are you serious? Yeah, he's not a moron. There's so much to unpack here, but let's keep going. Which of your skills are you the most proud of? Your ability to absorb new information, your ability to make new friends, your ability to get what you want, or your ability to keep secrets? See. To get what you want. <laughs> okay, Karen. Alex, what's yours? My ability to make friends. Next, the first Quidditch match of the season is approaching and you can't wait to play. What role are you on the team? Seeker, you want the glory. Chaser, you want to be involved and work as a part of the team. Beater, you like hurting people and having all that power. Or you'll just be in the crowd making sure that the morale is high. Yeah, I'm in the audience. Okay. If not, ignoring the game from my dorm room and finding out afterwards who won and not really caring that much to begin with. I can relate to that. B. You like to be involved. You want to be a team player. Yeah, but I'm competitive AF, too. You're allowed a pet at Hogwarts, an owl, a cat, or a toad. Which do you bring? Your fourth option is nothing because you can't be trusted to look after a pet. Oh, it's me and a cat. I mean, and George, you have a dog. The fact that you can't have a dog. You can't have like, a dog. I'm going E, adorable, long-eared, floppy brown dog. No, there is no E option <laughs> on this quiz. E, <laughs> I prefer nothing to those choices, but not because I can't be trusted with an animal. I need to make that clear. <laughs> yeah, just so the world I can knows. take care of a cat. I just don't right, want to. Just, he would rather kill a cat. I would not terrifying. rather kill it. I'd rather just never have it. Okay, okay. Which of these magical events would you most like to experience? The Triwizard Tournament, which is what Harry Potter's friend Cedric died during accidentally. The Quidditch World Cup, like our version of the Super Bowl. The Yule Ball or Christmas at Hogwarts. I don't want to do that tournament because that killed that kid and then he turned into a vampire. Okay, he's mixing <laughs> stories here, but yeah, kind of. We've already talked about how I feel about Quidditch. Christmas at Hogwarts is beautiful. It's a beautiful event, but the Yule Ball is Christmas at Hogwarts plus 
alcohol. I'm going with the Yule Ball. How about you, Alex? I'm going to say Yule Ball just because it sounded like a Oh, my God. Let's hang out at this party, Alex. Yeah, you guys will have a great time at the Yule Ball. Okay. You're having trouble mastering a new spell, and you've decided to ask for help. Who do you go to? Your professor, the house ghost, your smartest friend, or the library? You'll figure it out yourself. I'll probably go to the professor. Yeah, that's his job. I'd go to the professor. (laughs) Like, that's what I'm paying tuition for. So I'd be like, hey, professor, can you please teach me a spell? Okay. Choose a Deathly Hallow. Now, there are three Deathly Hallows. The Elder Wand, which is an unbeatable wand. Like, you could kill whoever. You could, I mean, not that you'd want to, but you could win any tournament, whatever. The Resurrection Stone, you can bring somebody back from the dead, but they won't enjoy it. Or the Cloak of Invisibility. I've always wanted to try Cloak of Invisibility. Okay. I'm going with Elder Wand. Ooh, any thoughts behind that? Well, it's the most powerful wand, right? So it can maybe make me invisible with a spell my professor could teach me. Let's keep going. Which path do you intend to follow after leaving Hogwarts? Joining the ministry? You want to make a difference in the world? You want to travel before committing to a career? You want to settle down and start a family, ASAP, or just continue to work hard in order to achieve as much success as possible? I wanted to travel after school, but I had to just work. Because life's real like that. And so in this fantasy world, I'd like (laughs) to travel with my elder wand and all my money. Yeah, right. Yeah, and all your money. Okay, yeah, Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. So I'm down for that. In the ministry, do they get paid? It's like working for the government. Depends on who you're working for. Yeah, it'll come with health care. Yeah, for sure. And it'll probably be like premium. This is in the UK. They already have health care. So take that off the table. Oh, yeah. This is true. But they probably have good vacation time, so I could travel with my vacation and my ministry benefits package. So, yeah, I'll okay, join great. the ministry for the benefits. Okay. And finally, we know that the sorting hat takes into account your preferences. Which Hogwarts house do you feel you identify with the most closely? Gryffindor, the courageous, Hufflepuff, the leftover losers, the Ravenclaw, which are the wise people, or There's Slytherin, who are down and dirty. <laughs> bias i call this hey, it's whatever you like it's whatever you like i've also heard some people say the hufflepuffs are the people that are cool with everyone they are like, they represent the best of us in my personal opinion i'm gonna take hufflepuff then. <laughs> okay hufflepuff it is alex how about you george i came to the realization that I was Slytherin and every one of my friends was like, we've been waiting for you to figure it out and actually gave me a Slytherin keychain that I carry to this day uh, for Christmas. So You could have mentioned that at the top of this thing. It would have been more fun at the end. I know you were going to actually ask us this question. (laughs) So I thought that they'd be like, oh, my God, what a surprise. And I show you the keychain. It would have been a whole bit. Okay, but your friends gave you that. Is this still your preference or is this other people? Is this what yeah, you Yeah, I think you're miscategorizing the Slytherins and they've had some bad apples, but all in all, they seem well, like, like a pretty like, from, from motivated the um, to, bunch to, the to get <laughs> shit done. And so I kind of, you know. Okay, George. Slytherin it is. And the results. <laughs> George is 39% Slytherin, which takes the win. Ravenclaw, 22% Gryffindor, and 12% Hufflepuff. Alex, (laughs) you are actually Ravenclaw. 
You definitely belong in Ravenclaw, but you have a kindness that sets you apart from most. While some Ravenclaws can be seen as slightly haughty or intimidating, your Hufflepuff side, 24%, means you are more approachable and therefore have an easier time making friends. Despite your softness, you find it easy to detach yourself from emotional situations and give objective viewpoints. <laughs> Sage mage, making you the perfect person to go to for advice. I mean, did this nail it or what? I love it. Okay, George, you are Slytherin. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. Your Slytherin ambition combined with a typically Ravenclaw-esque thirst for wisdom means you are destined to go far in life. People mm-hmm. often consider you to be aloof and unapproachable. Fair. <laughs> They may actually be right, as your passion for knowledge and success far outweighs your need for close relationships. For you, true friendships are rare, but you are smart enough to hold on to those you deem worthy of your affection. Have you taken this test? What are you? I'm probably a Hufflepuff, but I want to be a Gryffindor like, you know, most really cliche people. Yeah, like all the losers out there. Okay, well, (laughs) thank you guys for playing. Poor unfortunate souls in pain. This one longing to be thinner, that one wants to get the girl, and do I help them? In honor of Halloween, we have decided to present to you some villains that we feel have been misunderstood. We're here to support our favorite villain. George, you want to start us off? Who is your villain? Well, I want to start with the obvious choice of Frankenstein's creature. He didn't ask to be created. He was That's invented true. by Dr. Frankenstein, who's trying to yeah. reanimate dead body parts to create life. He's mm-hmm. actually a super gentle soul who just wants what we all do, companionship and love. But his appearance is so grotesque that it frightens all the people and everybody reacts terribly towards him, thus igniting the monster within. Really, the real monster in this story is humanity. <laughs> you are not wrong. That's true. This is the elephant man. <laughs> <laughs> That's my pick. I think Frankenstein's creature, misunderstood monster. When I read Frankenstein in high school for British Lit, I was like, okay, what are all these movies even really about? This is just some poor guy. He's just mentally being tortured by humanity. He is the victim. It's a sad story. I'm in your corner, 100. What about you, Abigail? I'm talking about the villain from the beloved children's tale, Charlotte's Web. What? (laughs) This may not be a Halloween movie per se, but hear me out. There's a spider. There's a spooky spider web, which seems to be inundated with paranormal activity, where some bewitched spider is spelling words out to these farm animals who are somehow able to read and understand it. I'm sorry, that's spooky to me. The villain in this terrifying tale is the farmer. This guy is taking... (laughs) I stand by my choice. This guy is taking such a bad rap for wanting to do what? Make bacon. Okay, it wasn't cool that he wanted to kill Wilbur just because he was a little runt. I don't like that. That's not cool. Just because he's small, you don't know what he could do. His daughter did the world a favor by saving Wilbur because he ended up making this farmer a lot of money in the long run with all this some pig, blah, blah, blah stuff. Charlotte did. Charlotte did, but Wilbur took the credit. (laughs) Made the guy the money. That's exactly what happens to women. Exactly. The farmer and honestly humanity are the villains here. And for what? Wanting to eat, you guessed it, bacon. 
And don't get me wrong, I really and truly am for the humane treatment of animals. I don't like industrialized meat because of the way that the slaughterhouses work, but this guy's a farmer. Mm-hmm. Like, he was taking good care of Wilbur. He gave him a good life. And, guys, it's the circle of life. It's not humanity's fault that they were just following the food chain, wanting to have some bacon. He wasn't trying to, like, traumatize this thing. How was he supposed to know he had this whole secret life where he's conversing with animals and has all these lifelong intimate friendships? He didn't know. He was just out there feeding him his slop, trying to put bacon on the table for his family. Fair enough. Not a Halloween <laughs> character, but I agree. <laughs> Alex, okay. what about you? I decided to go with a movie that terrified the snot out of me a very long time ago, but I haven't watched it in a while. And that is the movie Saw. Ooh. I had to look up the villain in that movie. Because I remember that villain terrifying me, but I also remember like kind of feeling for him. Mm-hmm. And John Kramer, aka the Jigsaw Killer, read Jigsaw's biography. You understand that Jigsaw is a complicated character. He is a man that is dealing with a terminal illness. He has a frontal lobe tumor that had developed from colon cancer. That is sad. That's hard to go through. And he has decided that he wants to kidnap people to show them a better appreciation for life. The methods are extreme, but that's an understatement. When you yourself are going through something, you want to offer perspective to other people. And the jigsaw killer is just saying, hey, look at what's happening to me. You could be appreciating life so much better. The games, the torture, it's a lot. I agree. It certainly is. Somebody has swallowed a key, and then the way to get the key to free them was to cut open the stomach of that one person. He goes the distance. Mm. (laughs) You leave with a tighter grasp on life. I appreciate the Jigsaw Killer for reminding you how precious life is. Really, Alex, Killer's a misnomer. He doesn't actually do any killing. He could certainly be held liable as the murderer in court. He could be liable. He could be called the Jigsaw Liable. But he's not a killer. He would absolutely be called the murderer. They would have convicted Mm. him of murder. I don't know. He's complicit. He's an accomplice. No, wrong. (laughs) I guess he orchestrated, but he didn't kill. You know, misunderstood. Look at the discord. That is what (laughs) the perfect misunderstood character does to you. And this is what this show does. It says, hey, have you ever wondered what the thread that connects Frankenstein's creature, the farmer from Charlotte's Web and the jigsaw accomplice? Okay, guys, this has become one of my favorite segments. This week, we're dissecting another song. We're looking at the Halloween hit, The Monster Mash. It was written by a guy named Bobby Boris Pickett, released in 1962, and it went to number one the week before Halloween. It was a Billboard top hit for a week. It was a graveyard smash. My eyes beheld an eerie sight, for my monster from his slab began to rise. And suddenly, to my surprise, he did the mash. 
He did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. First of all, this party sounds like a really good time. It does. Gary. I guess you guys are just used to kicking it with vampires and zombies or whatever. I thought it escalated quickly. He was the Frankenstein doctor, and then all of a sudden it turned into a party. Yeah. Yeah, because dead creatures are allowed to have parties too, Alex. Yeah, Alex. Okay, if okay. your Mr. Brain Tumor is allowed to be a murderer and that's fine, then I think <laughs> that these dead creatures should be allowed to have a freaking party. Come on. It's a song with a narrative. The point of view is a Frankenstein-type doctor. His creature comes to life, and the creature immediately starts dancing the monster mash and then other monsters in the neighborhood vampires and ghouls and zombies and even some celebrity monsters like wolfman dracula and his son all show up for the party and they all do the monster mash and it sounds like they're having a great time it's a graveyard smash they had (laughs) coffin bangers whatever that is they've got igor on chains what I mostly think about when I hear these lyrics are how songwriting has certainly changed from the 60s <laughs> to sure. now. Can you imagine sitting in a songwriting meeting right now and pitching something like this and being like, this is going to sell. Yeah, this isn't <laughs> like, the next Lil Nas album. What a difference. The 1960s, I feel like in some ways, has defined some of the nostalgia around Halloween in our country. The 60s is when The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, was released. Mm. And that's the one that is well known as well. It's very cute. I agree with you. It definitely highlights a very different time. I definitely feel like the monsters in today's lyrics would be the industry. It would be like Drake talking about the industry. No real friends, no real monsters. I did notice there was a vocal group that showed up. The Crip Kicker 5 came through and they had friends at this party. It does sound like a Liddy situation. I don't think I ever recognized that Bobby Pickett is just speaking. Like, he's not singing yeah. the lyrics. The background singers are killing it with the monster man. <laughs> but Bobby's just doing some spoken words. I noticed that this song is not actually the Monster Mash. This is a song about the Monster Mash. Oh. We don't know what the Monster Mash is. We don't know the oh, lyrics to the song. Move. He this keeps saying they did the mash, they did the monster mash, it's a graveyard smash. The monster mash isn't this song. The monster mash is a completely different dance that they are doing. It might be a song, there's a band playing it, but we don't know what it is. We just know that these creatures got together and did the monster mash. We did not get our instructions. I've been over here doing this for the listeners. I'm doing, I think of hairspray, the pool palace after dark or something. I don't know, but I'm moving my hands. I'm wearing a mod dress. That's what's happening. And that's what I call the monster match. Like, but we don't know. And then at one point he says that Dracula is troubled and he opens the lid of his coffin, which is such an introvert thing to do. Go to a party and then just kick it in your coffin the whole time. So Dracula's in his coffin, and he's troubled, and he opens a coffin, and he's, whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? And then they're (laughs) like, yeah, it's now the Monster Mash. So the song is also about how dance and music evolved from one generation to another. They're kind of being harsh. But Dracula, or Drac, as I guess his friends call him, is cool with that, and he starts jamming with the band. 
He's just got to get going. Now everything's cool. It's now the yeah. mash, you idiot. Get out of your coffin and start the new Yeah, dance. come on, old timer. It's the monster mash. There's nothing wrong with it. You can bring it from Anne Rice's time up to the modern times, monster mash. Bring it present. I'm with that, yeah. Do you think they're inviting us in the final verse because they want to kill us? For you, the living, this mash was meant to. When you get to my door, tell them Boris sent you. Are we being tricked? Are we no, being tricked? It's like Hotel of California all over know. again. We're trapped. No, you can't never leave once you've never done leave. Monster Mash. It's one of the most terrifying songs. That should be a Halloween song, to be honest. It's absolutely mortifying. Right. I didn't take it as that, but now I'm questioning Boris. I need to know. What's your intent? Yeah, who's Boris and why did he send me? Mm, no, you're right. Because the last so. line is... Easy, Igor, you impetuous young boy. Right. It's it Igor being impetuous creepy. about. And then they're like, oh, mash, good. Like you start hearing monster noises. Like people are getting devoured. This is disgusting. Wow. Wow. Another funny people conspiracy uncovered. And Bravo, here it is. Abigail Williams. This is my moment of magic. The monster mash is a trap. Boris is going to get us to boogie and dance our way to this party. And then <laughs> dead. Yeah, lulls you into safety and then kills you, probably with the saw guy by his side. We don't know. This should be a movie. I haven't seen Squid Games, but I gather that music and dancing gets you caught up. So I feel like this is like pre-Squid Game. This is essentially Squid Game 1962. All right, this has been another episode of Funniest People I Know. We record for the Georgia Radio Reading Service. Thank you, producer Jane Boynton, who edits the show. Thank, Thank you, Jane. If you enjoy the show, please like, review, and subscribe and share it with a friend. We're available on every service, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and Pandora. Email us at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at funniestpeopleiknow. Have a hilarious week. Bye. See you next time.